Hey friends, welcome to Around the Campfire with Amy. It's season two, where I'll be joined by my friend and co-host, Anne. It's no secret, the best stories have always been shared around a campfire. We'll have a conversation with our guests, campfire style, leaving you inspired, encouraged, and glad you pulled up a stump to listen in. So grab your favorite campfire beverage, kick back and relax, and we'll stoke the fire. I think the biggest thing that it probably changed in my life is really just like perspective. I think think your perspective can change a lot whenever something really traumatic happens. Uh, And then you come out on the other side, your life's altered. But um, I think, yeah, you're able to see things differently and appreciate things more profoundly uh, than you previously were able to. Today, Anne and I have a conversation with Tim and Hudson Hawes. Hudson is a 24-year-old quadriplegic paralyzed from the chest down. He broke his neck playing a high school football game during his senior year in 2015. He spent time at Craig Hospital in Denver, Colorado, going through inpatient therapy for a spinal cord injury. He graduated from Southern Nazarene University in 2020. And then later that year, he and his father, Tim, began The 34 Project. The 34 Project is a private pay adaptive exercise and training center for people with neurological disabilities. It's located in Bethany, Oklahoma, and they provide an outlet for the body, mind, and soul for those with neurological disabilities. You guys, this one, it just doesn't get any more inspiring than this one. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the campfire. We are so excited today to have Tim and Hudson Haas with us. And if you're from my community in Bethany, Oklahoma, then you've heard this story. But if you're not like my co-host, Anne, well, actually, Anne has actually heard this story. (laughs) I have heard this story. And here is the cool connection. So I was uh, at a Nazarene church for over 10 years in Colorado, and my pastor was Brian Wiesinger. Oh, so when all of this was happening with Hudson, like from the time of your injury, Hudson, like all the way through, you know, Colorado rehabilitation, like as a church, we were praying for you all the time. That's awesome. That's isn't that crazy. We didn't even know that connection. Yeah, I did not know that connection. (laughs) Now, Wiesinger and I, uh, we go back a long time. So so that That's is awesome. just a teeny tiny part of this story that, I mean, we kind of just jumped into it, we but did. Tim and Hudson, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here and we can't wait to tell your story. Awesome. So let's just start. Let's just jump into it. Why don't you guys talk about the night that everything changed for you guys? Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll talk about it because uh, firsthand experience. So we're, I'm, uh, I was a football player in high school, senior year, uh, go out to Blanchard, Oklahoma, pretty important game. And I played a middle linebacker. So I'm used to hitting people. I liked hitting people hard. Anyways, pretty early on in the game, I went in for a tackle and just wasn't bad form. Wasn't It was kind of just a something happened just the right way and my I hit the guy and my vertebrae and my neck they uh my c4 5 and 6 vertebrae came loose and hit my spinal cord and then causing cause bruising on my spinal cord 
And then, so I just collapsed on the field and I, w- I didn't lose consciousness or anything, but I was uh, pretty instantly, I couldn't even, I couldn't really move my arms on the field. And anyways, get metaflighted to OU Medical, uh, undergo surgery, wake up. I have movement in my arms, but uh, basically I'm paralyzed chest down when I wake up after surgery. And then spend a couple weeks in OU ICU, finally get a meta flight to Craig Hospital in Denver, Colorado, where I spend three months uh, of inpatient rehabilitation, you know, learning how to do everything again, uh, using different muscles and stuff like that. And so then we get out of there, we come home and you know, I have I have some therapy sessions I can do for outpatient here at Jim Thorpe in Oklahoma City, which is an amazing facility. Lot of, lots of really good people there. Uh, but the problem with that was, you know, you, you only have so many insurance uh, paid for visits for your outpatient therapy. Mm-hmm. So soon that starts running out. Uh, we're kind of starting to space those therapy sessions out. And I'm in the meantime, going to Southern Nazarene University, so I'm having to fit that in with other stuff going on, you know, classes and extracurricular stuff. And then after being back for several years, uh, I think it was it 2020 when we first went down to Dallas. Um, yeah, I think so. So, you know, prior to that, prior to going down, so. There was a lot right there. <laughs> yeah, you cut. That is the truth. He uh, that, he just he spanned uh, about five years, <laughs> which uh, I will say is on the on the parent side, you have this thing, this what I call the hospital time capsule. When you're in the hospital, you know the one thing you want to do when things like this happen a lot of times is you want to call timeout. You wish everything would just kind of stop mm-hmm. and let's catch your breath, but that doesn't happen. The world keeps chugging along. And so you get into the hospital time capsule where your, your world's going at this rate, the outside world's going at that rate. So you get to hear bits and pieces of things that are going on outside your hospital world, but inside everything's focused on, in this case, getting Hudson, uh, better. And, uh, so, we're coming up on seven years and at parts of it seem like yesterday and park parts of it was a different life. It's just a mm-hmm. whole, I don't know where all that went uh, time wise. So. Well, so, so initially like when Hudson initially got hurt, Tim, what was, what was going through your mind after the initial accident? Well, I was on the sidelines and, you know, like every when you hear somebody's down, you know, as a parent with a kid on the field, you start looking for your kid's number. And mm-hmm. when I didn't see as I was looking, somebody said it was Hudson. And then I uh, somebody else said, you, you probably ought to go out there, which I really usually don't ever do that. I, but the head coach was out there. The head trainer was out there. Lots of action going on. And as I went out, I. Uh, and I saw Hudson, I, I, two things went through. I wanted him to either be unconscious or both of his legs broke because I figured that's the only way he was staying down. 
Uh, and, mm. but as I got close, I heard his voice and, you know, I taught and coached a long time. I, I, I'm a retired educator and, um, back before you knew me, Amy, I was, I was in the classroom teaching and coaching <laughs> and getting after it with kids and seeing on my share of, of injuries and some serious ones. And, and I knew this one was serious. So, you know, it's sometimes it's better not to know, but in this case, uh, I knew pretty instantly what we were up against. So, right. So what about the community? I know just, I witnessed and got to be a little part of what went on, but talk a little bit about how the community just rallied around your family. Well, let me tell my part, because a lot of it Hudson doesn't know, because he's deep in the hospital time capsule. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, right. he's isolated. And so I got to see glimpses of it. But it when you're not used to receiving, uh, when you're on the receiving end, it's weird. Uh, just weird. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's very easy to take a meal and do all those things. I mean, that's just a natural thing that Lisa and I uh, had done for, you know, all our lives and witnessed that with our parents. And so we live in a, a community that it's a, it's a faith-based community. It really is. And, and even those that don't profess uh, a faith, I've, I've read enough stories in the Bible uh, of examples of God using people in and outside the kingdom to, uh, to further his cause. And uh, we were just immediately hospital waiting room, uh, was, I mean, I drove amazingly fast from Blanchard. I set a new land speed record from Blanchard <laughs> medical. And, mm -hmm. but when I got there, there were people waiting, they had already heard and made their way to the hospital. Uh, we had a firefighter friend that was back there with Hudson. So he wasn't going to be by himself. I mean, all these things had kicked in to showing up at Craig hospital and, uh, I remember we we had met a flight it in, took an ambulance to the hospital. We're weaving through the hospital halls. We get to the fourth floor of Craig, going down the hall, see Hudson's name outside a door. But when I walked in first, there were some people in there, and I thought, oh, man, we're in the wrong room. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, so sorry. I, that's what I said. Sorry. And uh, But come to find out, it was the Denver First Church of the Nazarene was waiting on us. And just the handoff from the Bethany uh, folks to the Denver folks. And just, they had a car waiting for us. They, our refrigerator was overflowing with food, uh, just visitor. Uh, it was just amazing. I don't know from Hudson's side. I didn't know anything. I would, I would hear him talk to one of his buddies or something on the phone where he probably didn't even know I was listening or something, but that was the only way I was really piecing stuff together. Cause I didn't have my phone for a while either. So I was like, I don't know. I was kind of in the dark for a while. And then, I mean, really the only thing I actually knew about was my buddies and their parents just remodeling our whole house to make it accessible. And I mean, yeah. And, just, then they were coming up visiting. Yeah. And then my buddies made the trip three, four times, drove up, drove up to Denver to come hang out for a weekend. So, so just, what, what was the hardest thing 
um, about this whole thing for you, Hudson? What was the hardest thing for you to wrap your head around? I don't know, just a different way of life after it happens. Um, you know, because I mean, it's basically just relearning everything is what you're really having to do. Um, and you're having to relearn how to do things, but it's going to be much harder for you to do now because you only have sure. so much stuff working for you. Um, so I'd say that was just the hardest part. And it's very frustrating too. You, doing a bunch of therapy and stuff, and especially being at uh, like Greg Hospital, because I can look around and see 20 other people doing what I'm doing, but we're all on different stages. Some people were, yeah. would be doing a lot less than I was doing. And I'd be like, man, I'm really thankful I'm where I'm at right now. And then I'd look at other people who were uh, practicing, like standing up on their own stuff. And I'd be like, man, like kill to be where they are. Like how lucky are they? But you know, that's, it's all, it's all perspective, you know, because, you know, I could, I could be jealous of somebody, but I know there's people that are going to jealous of me and whatever I got with my injury. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, that's the most frustrating part is just having to relearn stuff and you know being be just being frustrated at not being able to do something simple like even now like I my friends I don't know I was just talking to my dad earlier today about uh I want to learn how to fly fish I fish all the time for like bass and stuff but uh I want to learn how to fly fish and I know in my mind I'm telling myself ah it's gonna be easy and I, I think it's going to be easy and I guarantee you I'm going to get a pole in my hand and I'm just going to I don't know what's going to happen but it's not going <laughs> to not going to go good initially so, and that happens a lot um especially like with spinal cord injuries like especially if I'm working out and I'm going to do a new exercise and that I haven't done before the first set is awful the first set is literally my brain trying to comprehend what my muscles are wanting to do. But as I do it more and more, it becomes a lot easier. And so I'm having to focus a lot less on how to do it and then just focusing more on doing it. So it seems like therapy is really key to you being able to do the things you want to do. And even through the early stages of just moving to the next step of what was possible for you. So yeah. is that what led you to start Project 34? Well, yeah. It. So what you discover real quick is uh, when we went to Craig, which was is one of the renowned institutions for spinal cord injury in the world, um, we weren't there very long before I realized if this is a world-class facility, we still don't know a lot about spinal cord injury. I mean, it's, they, they're awesome with what they do, but my, in my mind, I was thinking, uh, you know, we've made all these advances, uh, you know, post Christopher Reeves injury and, mm -hmm. and all these things. And, and so soon discover, no, what they're doing when you go to a rehab hospital is getting you well enough to go home <laughs> is what they're doing. And then when you get home, you go outpatient. Uh, the problem is, uh, back if we, when we were in, if, when we were Hudson's age, if we were injured back at that time, we would have received about 130 outpatient sessions for, uh, physical therapy or OT or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, today it's about 25. And so they, it, 
you very quickly run out of insurance benefits. And so now you're looking at, okay. Uh, and, and the other thing is you don't even get those 25 if your therapist can't show that you're making progress. Mm. And what happens a lot of time with spinal cord injury, for instance, or even traumatic brain injury, you'll plateau, you'll go and you'll plateau and you won't be able to show. So it causes your therapist to write a plan that's super conservative because they want you to get all the benefit that they can, which I don't blame them. That's exactly what I would do. Mm-hmm. But therefore, we're not getting as much and it's more conservative. And so as Hudson was alluding to early, earlier, it, we in, we had some friends that went down to a adaptive uh, uh, session in uh, Dallas, a lady that was hurt about 12 years ago in a car wreck. She was in a clinical trial out in California called Project Walk and uh, made some great gains. And when she went back home to Dallas, decided she was going to start her own Project Walk. And she did. Uh, But then Project Walk had some financial problems and went under. So she, but she continued uh, what's called NeuroReact or React, uh, which is adaptive therapy. Adaptive training and exercise pretty much. Uh, Yeah, they uh, got it. We got to stay away from the word therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 um, and, and so they're a private pay and much more aggressive and, and, uh, things like that. They, the, the first session I went down there, they had me standing up at a squat rack with, they had support. So they, you know, they, uh, they would, uh, basically brace like my knees and stuff. So I would like my legs wouldn't go everywhere, but they would basically stand me up. They had one person in front of me and a couple people on the sides just to make sure. And I was grabbing onto the bar and they would, I would slowly sit back down and then they would stand me up again slowly. So that's, that's the difference between that place where first day they're saying, let's go. Uh, All they were saying was, have you had a bone density test? Are your bones good? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Let's stand up. (laughs) It seems like it was incredibly disheartening. Like you're, you probably have put your faith in that process and it really let you down. So you had to create your own thing. Is that how it worked? Yeah. So especially at Craig, uh, when you, you're in there and you're looking and you see all this technology, these robotic suits, local map, which, you know, all these different millions of dollars. Yes. And you're like, all right, when are we getting on that? Mm -hmm. Well, no, we ain't getting on that because we didn't meet the protocol. Because wow. they've already determined that at his level of injury, that there's not going to be any benefit to it. And so that's how insurance drives practice. And so when we went down there, it was very refreshing. The problem is we had to go down there mm-hmm. uh, three and a half hours one way. The only good thing about it, as I've told many people, is In-N-Out Burger was just down the street a mile. So we got that. Uh, and so uh, that was a bonus. But then we had to go face Dallas traffic again and come home. And it became very apparent to me that, you know, somebody asked me, did God whisper in your ear to start the 34 project? And I said, I, I, he might've, but I was too mad about the Dallas traffic and having to drive down there. I didn't hear it. Uh, but <laughs> I knew in my real. heart of hearts uh, that I was after that very first visit that we needed this a place like that in Oklahoma. There was no reason why we should have to drive down there. And in fact, I told the owner about 30 minutes in, I said, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm starting one of these in Oklahoma. And she said, 
I, I, that's great. Cause I can't even handle the people in Dallas. So you mm-hmm. go ahead, do all, all you, all you want. So, so what does it take to start something like this? <laughs> of course it takes, it is, it's like the very beginning. I remember when Hudson first got my first trip home after he got hurt. Um, I've told this story before where I just, my first shower, I got, I'd been up to the hospital for I don't know how many days. So I was going home, get cleaned up. We had a, our transformer in our backyard had blown up and caught our backyard on fire. So I had to come check that out. Goodness. You know, I told, I told the electrician it's cause we had so many people praying. We overloaded the transformer. <laughs> but I remember standing there and just talking to God and just saying, you know, I just don't want to be disappointed. Mm. You know, I have, all these promises and, and have walked with Jesus for a long time. And I, you know, and and I knew I was going to have to take him at his word because I wasn't going to be able to stand up to this on my own. And, um, I can tell you, he's been extremely faithful in all of that. And, and this is just another example, you know, I come back and so my pastor once defined a coincidence as God working undercover and because I don't believe in coincidence. I believe, I believe God's constantly working. And so when I come back from Dallas, as I'm driving back, I just feel like I, I remembered this property off of Rockwell that I had looked at uh, back when I was a, a administrator in Bethany public schools and for a whole different reason. So, and I knew that the children's center owned it. So I went and met with the CEO who just so happened, which is code word, by the way, for God working undercover too. (laughs) Uh, It just so happened I had known for 20 years and it just so happened that they had just had a board meeting and it just so happened at that board meeting, the point of discussion was what do we do about our patients that age out at the children's center? We don't have anywhere to send them. And here I come walking through the door and said, I want to start this adaptive fitness and strength training facility. And it just so happened that they hadn't renewed the lease on that to an entity that had been there for several years because they were thinking that they were going to go a different direction with the property. They just didn't know it was going to be us. And so, you know, it's things like that, that some people would say, oh, well, that was all just coincidence. But, but I don't believe that. I believe God uh, plowed the way and is continuing to plow the way. I could fill up podcast after podcast <laughs> of examples it. of that. And I'm not joking. <laughs> I can I, I have a lot of those stories. I'd say another thing is uh, you need someone like uh, Jeremy to oh, yeah. hop on board. That's exactly. So we and so. We have some, uh, you know, it's great to have technology and a facility, but what really is the difference maker are, are people. Yes. And mm-hmm. so when you have the right people, uh, everything where I told Hudson, our, our main responsibility is you always take care of the money and be a good steward of it and, and account for everything. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is you hire great people. And so uh, I'll tell you, it just so happened. So I knew of somebody that was in the strength training world and I called her and I said, would you come on 
coming alongside us and be an advisor. Uh, and, and she said, I want to pray about that. And two days later, three days later, she calls me and she says, I, I'm not going to do it because I have somebody better. And so she sent us um, a gentleman by the name of Jeremy Johnson. I called him. He ha was working people out in his home. Uh, he hadn't had ever dealt with anybody uh, that had been injured. And so he asked uh, if he could work Hudson out. And so uh, he told me later, I was just doing it out of courtesy. I really <laughs> had no intention of this working. But um, but God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we show up and what he didn't know is that when you ask Hudson to do uh, 15 Hudson is still motoring at 25 and we'll just, and everything he asked Hudson to do, Hudson was giving it, you know, like he always does. And Jeremy just left overwhelmed. He said, and he, and he went to work out at his gym and he was, after he worked out, he went to the locker room. He said, normally it's full of people, but that day it was empty. And this one guy walked in and they were, they started talking talking and Jeremy asked him, what, what do you do? And he said, well, I happen to be a neurosurgeon. And he said, oh, really? And he told him what had happened that day with Hudson. And the guy said, oh, you got to start one of those. We don't have anywhere to send our people. You have got to, we need you guys to do that. And Jeremy just said, I just felt like it was God saying, confirming to me this, I needed to be involved. And, and here we are a year later and and going and going. So, man. So, what all do you provide? What are the services you provide, and how are you different from that one in Dallas? You know, we're I don't know. We're not a lot different, other than they've been they got they got a lot of fancy equipment. <laughs> I mean, been, they got ten year head start on us. You're on your way, yeah. And uh, their building is uh, their facility is incredible. You know, they they told us them and some others that we talked to that to start to start small because they they have a big overhead they every month they they have an incredible i mean just they i think they pay 10 grand a month just to lease their facility yeah. we we took that to heart and uh but what we offer is one a, a place that knows how to handle you uh if you want to work out if you want to uh get more fit uh, if you want to, if, if I take Hudson right now, yank him out of that chair and just throw him over here on his bed, for instance, and stretch him out or throw him in a standing frame and stand him up for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. Incredible benefits of that uh, because our bodies are made to move. And so sitting in a, in a, in a chair uh, all day is about the worst thing you can do. So as often as you can yank people out of those chairs, well, um, people kind of get uncomfortable when you do that if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so sure. we happen to know what we're doing. And so we and, and it's a, a prime example, I think, would be that uh, the guy came in. He said, I'm not interested in getting stronger. I don't care anything about that. What I do care about is my legs spasm a lot, which is a lot of people have muscle spasms uh, after the injury because your muscles are reacting to stimulation that your brain's not comprehending. So your muscles will kind of just, they'll like my legs will kick straight out uh, 
a lot. So I have, I have a strap that kind of keeps them right wrangled in. But anyways, he was saying every time I get out of my car and stuff, or what if I'm, when I'm with my grandkids outside or whatever it was, he's, I'm st- struggling with my legs doing this. And he comes in and after one session, he got into his car. I think all, all we did was stretch him out. Yeah, we and, did some stretches that he had never done. And he gets in his car and he said, that's the first time in years that I've gotten in my car where my legs didn't freak out on me and it didn't take me forever to get, get back into my car. So it's just, it's just, it's just little things like that, um, that are, it's really, you know, I think people have this little idea of like, oh, well, this person's in a wheelchair, so we need to treat the body differently, but the body's the same. Like you, like your body needs exactly what it needed before. It's just, you got to go about it differently in terms of like making sure certain muscles get stretched out or make, making sure, you know, stronger, strong, get you need strength. You need it more than you probably did before. And there's, but that's just one example of, you know, just something, something that we know how to do that our people know how to do and do it safely. Because I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, I would not, uh, I wouldn't trust a lot of people, uh, getting me out and stretching me out on a table because, you know, any, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. So, and I, and I think, I think too, we use, so we do have a lot of specialized equipment. So we use a lot of functional electric stimulation called FES. So we can wire Hudson up uh, with electrode pads and hook him up to a computer. And for instance, on our FES bike. And so that computer will fire his muscles in coordination and he'll ride that bike. Uh, and so you're getting not only the strength exercise on your legs, but you're also getting the cardio from Amazing. riding your bike. And then we also have uh, devices that we can do that with. We can do that about any part of your body. So we can actually wire you up what we call ride the lightning, hit the hit the switch and it'll stand you up and then it'll lower you back down. It'll stand you up, lower you back down. Or it, you know, like with Hudson, his his he can move his arms really well, but his grip is, uh, do you have full here in the thumb? Can you feel that? Yeah. Fully fully in the thumb to nothing in the little finger. Mm -hmm. And so while he can grab things, he can feed himself and things like that. There are some people that can't, uh, depending on just very subtle levels of uh, where your injury is will determine how much you have. So to wire you up and open your hand, close your hand, open your hand. I mean, we've, it's it's just awesome to see people stand up for the first time since their injury or mm. to sit up on their own first time since their injury. Uh, had a guy that came in, had has been injured 26 years, uh, did his first unassisted sit-up with us uh, a couple of months ago, and now is I think his record's 97 unassisted oh sit-ups. You know, so it's just wow. we get to we get to witness that kind of stuff and you're going yeah, that's it's about every week you're going wow on something. So, and that that uh the physical stuff isn't the only thing that we offer up there. You know, we also offer, like he said, like a place to go. Like we have we have one girl that comes up fairly often, and she's not there to work out or anything. She's just there to you know talk to people and you know just to be out of the house a little longer and converse with people that kind of you know, know what her situation is and she doesn't really have to 
worry about anything else. I mean, she'll just come up and hang out. I'll be on the, I'll be, Jeremy will be putting me through my paces. And so I'm over there breathing hard and she's just hanging out. But. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, we'll fix her. We fix people's wheelchairs or, you know, it just, we've had some social events, you know, over the weekends at, in the evenings, you know, just invite people up and we want to build a community as well. You know, just so we know, we know your name, we know who you are. We, we know, you know, what's going on with you, but also it's the spiritual side of things too. Um, you know, it's because I, what I do know is every single person that we deal with has had a conversation with God. Absolutely. Whether they believed in God or not, when they had their injury, they had a conversation or handshake uh, or handshake. <laughs> we had, had, a, uh, had a gone in for his procedure after he was injured and he died on the table for a while and had an after life experience in which he, he got to, he got to shake the hand of Jesus and Jesus said, no, nope, you got to go back. I got other stuff I want you to do. So, so uh, it was, uh, he's, Jesus was wearing a t-shirt and shorts sandals. So, so <laughs> it was a cut off. Yeah. Cut off t-shirt too. <laughs> I love uh, it. So, I love it. Yeah. I love to see that. Uh, so, uh, and I got, to, so when I shook that guy's hand, he told me I, I shook the hand that shook the hand. Ago. <laughs> so, that was a pretty cool story. Yeah. So do so you have, have, Oh, go ahead. Anne. Here we go. Sorry, Amy. Yeah. So Hudson, I was going to ask you, like you were a high school student when this happened and now you're this adult man who has this bigger purpose than you probably thought when you were in high school how much of that today can you say feels like a blessing and how much feels like something different? Like the life that you thought you would have is different. And how are you reconciling those things? Um, I think uh, I always like to uh, think about, uh, I can never remember the full quote, but it's a Marcus Aurelius quote uh, where he's kind of like, whenever bad things happen to you, you need to, it's a, it's a blessing. You don't, you're not going to think of it like that as at the time, but whenever something happens and alters your life, it's going to be for the better. Uh, one, one way I like to say it is, uh, you know, something bad happens and you just say good because mm. if you say good, it's going to make you better for it. Um, and so I, I think it, I think it's a, a blessing. I think the biggest thing that it probably changed in my life is really just like perspective. I think, I think your perspective can change a lot whenever something really traumatic happens. Uh, and then you come up on the other side, your life's altered. But um, I think, yeah, you're able to see things differently and appreciate things more profoundly uh, than you previously were able to. So I'd say blessing. That's hard to perspective. That's one. amazing. Yeah. That's a good question, Anne. Yeah. So how how can we help? How are some ways that our listeners can help? What, what kinds of things do you guys need? Do you have people who come from out of town who have needs? Uh, we have people from all over Oklahoma uh, coming and, you know, we are a hundred percent privately funded uh, uh, nonprofit, you know, and, and uh, so one of the other things that was impressed on me is uh, I just felt like God telling me that he was going to take 
care of this. And, and my job was really to just get out of the way, which I struggle with at times greatly. <laughs> and um, I also included the finances of this on that. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't do really fundraisers kind of deal. Uh, I kind of pattern what we do after George Mueller. So George Mueller was a uh, big, uh, he was a preacher in England, but had, you know, uh, God called him to help all of the street kids. And so he built a bunch of orphanages and schools, but uh, never ask anybody for money, just ask God to, and, and got, and he built multi campuses uh, with, I mean, I don't know what the million dollars of, you know, but all of that was just people that were impressed, you know, by God to, and, and I feel the same way. And so um, it's, and, and God's been extremely faithful. I mean, just, it's just been absolute, <laughs> just, I, I'm ashamed to say there's been times that I've, I've thought, uh, man, I hope, I hope we're going to be able to cover all of this. Uh, you would think that after numerous examples that I would say, oh yeah, we got this, no big deal. But uh, I also know God loves the Hail Mary sometimes too. Uh, <laughs> he, he loves that, that last minute, uh, right when you think it ain't going to happen. But really what people can do for us, one is just continued prayers for us. That, uh, you know, prayer is powerful and uh, don't understand all of that mystery of prayer. But I do know since Jesus prayed, we should be praying. And he told us to pray. And, uh, but the other thing too is um, if you know anybody, uh, one of the things that it's, we found that's a little bit more difficult is trying to get the word out because mm-hmm. I don't get to go right into a neurologist and tell them about the 34 project. I get to go see the business manager who has a team meeting who tells them about it. And then they've got to tell them well enough that they remember to tell their patients, you know, so we have these layers that I wasn't expecting. So a lot of it is just, Hey, Oh, I've heard of a family I wonder if they would benefit. And that's how we've really grown the most. So just getting the word out that we have something to offer. Uh, we do encourage everybody to use their insurance benefits uh, up. Um, we have some great PTs and OTs in Oklahoma, and I highly recommend that you use those up. But then when you're done with that, that's where we step in. And mm. uh, we'll work with your plan, but we'll also stretch you a little bit uh, than what they were doing because we're not quite as conservative with that stuff. So that's great. Well, I I know I speak for Anne. I mean, it is it has been amazing to just watch your family walk through this and watch the community rally around you and just watch it all unfold and to see the 34 project come out of it and the people that you're helping is so inspiring, which is what this podcast is all about. (laughs) So um, we're going to put all of the places that people can connect with you in the show notes, but I want you to go ahead and tell people where they can follow you on social media or your website or so that they can, um, if they know someone, they can contact you. Hudson's our guy. So Uh, Instagram, Facebook, the 34 project website, 34 project.org. 
Um, disclaimer, there is something we found out after we chose the name. There is a uh, organization called Project 34 that is based up in Illinois or something. Yeah, it's uh, professional baseball players. Best friend got hurt playing baseball, and they raise money for spinal cord research. So same thing. And if you want to donate to them, that's great. Because <laughs> uh, I'll take we we like uh, we're all trying to help, yeah. and so all, uh, every all comers are welcome. So, uh, but we are the thirty. The numbers first with us, and that number, of course, was Hudson's jersey number. So. Uh, that's why we went with that. But yeah, we have all the. And is it, I know he was just saying how we're not asking for money, but I was thinking we should throw some of your book in there too. Well, yeah. yes. So I, I did, while we were spending all that time in the hospital, I wrote quite a bit and ended up get publishing a book called uh, In the Waiting. And uh, so you can find that book on Amazon or uh, Kindle or uh, uh, com is also yeah and uh, all the proceeds from that go to the 34 project so it's I, short it's Bob Goff-esque <laughs> that's awesome no, I, I wish it was as because he's I love that guy so uh, but it's just the, really as it says in the tagline I, I hope that it's uh, words that will encourage people that are going through uh, a rough season. So that's why I wrote that. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for being here and we will link to all of the things and we appreciate you giving up your time and just know that we are cheering you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. I really enjoyed this and I look forward to uh, listening to some more inspiring stories other than ours. <laughs> all right. So much. Thanks for joining us around the campfire this evening. We hope you learned something not only about our guests, but maybe even about yourself. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to make sure you don't miss our next campfire chat, please hit the subscribe button. Or even better, we'd love for you to drop a review to help others find a place around the campfire. Thanks so much. Until next time.